Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the kind parenting company, wife, proud mom of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Welcome to episode 35. Before we get stuck into today's episode, I wanted to take just a quick little moment to bring your attention to a charity that I've recently come across, and that charity is childhoodcancer.asn.au. Now, they are a completely not-for-profit organization. They're an initiative that I really, really believe in, and I purely just wanted to offer them Um, I guess the airtime to get in front of our community because I really believe in what they're doing. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about them, but also at the end of today's podcast, they've sent over a recording to let you know a little bit more about what they do as well. So when the podcast finishes, definitely stick around for that quick 30 second soundbite from childhoodcancer.asn.au because I just think it's really important that if we have the opportunity to give back, we do. So Childhood Cancer, this service, they support a new family every week to cope with the impact of childhood cancer. Now, I just can't even begin to imagine what these families go through. And it's wonderful that they get a really high level of medical Um, service and medical attention, but it's also really important that their other areas in their life also gets attention. And this initiative, this charity really focuses on so many other areas in which they can support families going through this really, really incredibly devastating and tough time. That includes supporting them with counselling, perhaps babysitting services for other siblings, There are so many different ways in which this charity works to really, really help families going through this tough time, and they do rely upon donations to keep running. So stay tuned for the end of the podcast to find out how you can help out, how you can contribute. But if you want to jump over now, the website, as I mentioned, is childhoodcancer.asn.au And every little bit that you can donate really does make a big difference. So whether it's going without your latte tomorrow morning and just popping that four or $5 over as a donation or whatever it is that you feel you can contribute, I know for sure that they really, really appreciate it. So thank you for allowing me to share that organization with you. And let's get stuck into episode 35. So this episode is a solo episode and I'm going to be speaking with you about recovery from my recent surgery, which was now six weeks ago. 
to the day, um, six week anniversary. And for those who don't know, I recently, six weeks ago, had a breast lift and breast reduction. I have recorded an episode, which you can go back and listen to a couple of episodes ago. Oh my gosh, how many times am I going to say episode in the first two minutes of this? A million, a million is the answer. Um, But basically I've recorded for you why I had that surgery in the first two weeks, which include the actual surgery itself and then the immediate recovery. But I wanted to keep documenting this process because when I was trying to make the decision myself, whether or not this is something I wanted to really go ahead with, I could not find many straight up journeys (laughs) and also like people who could just share the recovery as well. Like I was able to find before and after photos, but I feel as though before and after photos, while they can give you some indication for sure, there's so much more involved in the surgery. And I know myself, I would have loved to have known about some of the things that I've experienced Not that everyone is guaranteed to experience the same things during recovery, but just to have a bit of a heads up, I guess. So I wanted to share with you what that journey has been like now in the past couple of weeks and also a couple of tips, I guess. So I believe in the last recording, in the last podcast I did, I was up to like two weeks post-op. Um, I haven't gone back and listened to it, so I can't remember exactly. (laughs) I think it was two weeks post up. Um, But I was up to the stage, I believe, where I needed to get the dressings taken off. Now, I am squeamish when it comes to scars, and it's not about the actual scar itself, but it's about the thought of an an incision. I had a C-section with my twin boys, and it took me a long time to be able to touch my C-section scar. It's just one of those things, you know, some people are funny about needles. It's just one of those things that I'm like, oh, it just kind of makes my skin crawl a bit. Um, So when it came time to taking the dressings off, I got the approval from my surgeon, which is Dr. Lewis Vessels from One Cosmetics in Sydney. And he's amazing. I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, Literally, I'm singing his praises every chance I get. I think he's a magician. But when it came time to take the dressings off, he said I was able to do it by myself. He sent me through step-by-step instructions. They also offered to FaceTime with me while I did it, but I thought, oh, like I'll be fine. It's okay. So I'd put the boys to bed and I was like, right, I'm going to take these dressings off. I'm going to face the scars and I'll just get it done. But (laughs) when I went to do it, I started peeling off the dressings and I started to panic a bit. I was looking down and I was lifting the dressings and I could see the scars underneath. And there was a bit of, I guess, puckering happening is how I would describe it because I don't don't know why, but there's like a bit of puckering around the scar, particularly around the areola. And as I was peeling it off, it wasn't the actual pain of removing the dressings. It was the sight of the scars and thinking about the incisions. And I just got very, very squeamish. I was voice messaging my girlfriend and I was saying to her, I'm actually worried I'm going to pass out and I just don't think I can do it. I tried for 45 minutes to do it. And I know that might sound pathetic to some of you out there. You might just be like, just rip the freaking thing off and have a look. But I was having all sorts of fears of like pulling it off and 
and passing out or not being able to cope with the scars underneath or I don't know what was going on, but I just couldn't do it. Like I was getting dizzy. I was getting upset. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to do it. And I sent my surgeon a message and he responded straight away and said, look, do not take it off. If that's how you're feeling, just leave it. It's not going to hurt. Leave it on. And tomorrow I'll call you and we can book you in with your GP and they can change the dressings for you. So I was like, okay, sweet. That is fine. And then the next day, one cosmetics phoned and they said, you know what? why don't you come on down (laughs) come down to Sydney. We're going to bring you down. We think it's a good idea that you just come down because you're obviously worried about removing the dressing. So I scheduled to go down to Sydney the next day. Luckily, I just had the availability to do that. It's just one of those weeks where I could manage it. And um, I got down to Sydney. And as soon as Dr. Vessels changed my dressings, I was like, what was I worried about as soon as they came off? The scars are great. They're so neat. Um, He's done such a wonderful job. There was nothing to worry about. It was obviously just more of a mental game for me being squeamish because he took the dressings off in like 10 seconds flat, just removed them. And I had a look in the mirror and everything was fine. I was like, oh my gosh, I was in and out within 10 minutes. Um, he popped some of the, some fresh tape over the scars, which I still have tape over them now. And I think that I keep them taped for eight to 12 weeks. I'll need to confirm that. No one hold me to it. Um, but it's just a thin tan colored tape that goes over the scars. So before that it was like the white, more like bandage style dressings over the scars, So that was removing that. And then ever since then, I've been fine with changing the tapes myself. It was just that initial removing of the dressings. So I change my tapes whenever they start to get a bit loose. Like when they lift up, they are waterproof, but probably every five or six days I'm changing them. And I have no problems now doing that. It's just rinse and repeat because the scars are so neat. Like they're just... I don't know, I kind of expected them to be a bit more like my C-section scar, like a bit more red and a bit more raised, but they're honestly fine. Um, While we're on the topic of scars, I have had two treatments now as well with Skin Divinity in Byron Bay. They're a beauty clinic down there. And it's like a laser treatment where I just lie under their laser light for like 25 minutes, I think. And that stimulates recovery as well. Um... A friend of mine had the same surgery. I don't know how long ago it was now, but I know she went to Skin Divinity as well for the laser light therapy and that really helped her scar recovery. So I have been doing that. I also have a special cream that came in my recovery pack with Pure U that I apply to the scar and then I put my tape on as well. If you're not sure what Pure U is, it's the beauty concierge service that I used when I was in Sydney. So I traveled interstate. Well, technically I live in New South Wales, but I traveled interstate um, to Sydney to have the surgery. And so I organized a beauty concierge service and they were wonderful. They assisted in transporting me to and from the airport to my appointments from the hospital back to the hotel room. They provide recovery packs which I just can't recommend enough because it has things in the recovery pack that I wouldn't have thought of and that aren't convenient for me to bring anyway when traveling, like a big boomerang pillow and then also a neck pillow. 
um, just so many different bits and bobs that were just so helpful, in particular the ice packs. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Pure U as well if you are considering this surgery. I guess also to rewind a bit where I would have left you being two weeks post-op is I didn't expect to be as bloated as I was after the operation. I was extremely bloated. I will definitely have to put a photo up somewhere. It's just not the most comfortable thing to look at. I legitimately looked like I was eight months pregnant and I'm not even kidding. I think I said this in the last recording um, when I was updating that, you know, friends would say to me, make sure you have peppermint tea, that'll help. And then I'd send a photo back and they'd be like, whoa, girlfriend, we are way past the point of peppermint tea. You legitimately look pregnant on the scales as well, like that bloat, and I guess holding on to fluid perhaps, or even just my body going through whatever, like the surgery and everything. I literally think I gained six or seven kilos on the scales. So I was definitely holding a lot of fluid. Um, so much to the point that after a couple of weeks, my surgeon even said, if you, if your swelling's not going down, let's get you an ultrasound just to rule anything out, not pregnancy, but just to rule out that nothing else is going on. I spoke with my anesthetist as well, and he was wonderful too, which I just think is so nice that they care enough to call you and check in and see how you're going. I don't know if that's the normal for an, for an anesthetist, but he was so lovely and so caring and really wanted me to feel supported. And so for the bloating, I was really recommended to just walk as much as I possibly could. That would be helpful drinking as much water as I could. I also was taking Mintec tablets, um, which is just like a peppermint oil thing. Again, do I think it did a lot? I'm not sure, but I took it anyway. I would have to say that now being six weeks post-op, I'm starting to feel so much more like myself. So it's literally taken six weeks for the bloat to go down to a level where I can actually wear my normal clothes comfortably. I'm still a little more swollen than I was post, um, excuse me, pre-surgery. But again, I was going to say too much information, but you're here for it. I am also due for my period as well right now. So I'm probably bloated with that anyway. But yeah, I wasn't expecting to take six weeks to be able to wear like normal clothes. And mentally for me, that was pretty tricky. I just wasn't expecting it. I also, um, you know, I'm so used to feeling quite good within my own skin that that was mentally difficult for me to be like, you know what, I can't exercise. I can't do up any of my clothes. clothes. I just feel shit was how I feel, was how I was feeling. And even though I knew it would pass, it was still tricky. And again, full disclosure, I'm obviously going through a lot in my own personal life as well, which, you know, just adds a whole other layer to it because, you know, with your gut, like your gut health, this is something that I explored in another podcast episode with um, Leanne Ward. We spoke specifically about gut health and I remember her saying to me, it's a two, it's like a two-way highway, you know, so whatever you're feeling in your brain, your gut reacts to and whatever's going on in your gut, your brain reacts to as well. So 
given that I was super bloated, super swollen and feeling crappy in my gut, that's going to make my brain feel a little foggy and vice versa. The stress that's going on in my life and how I'm feeling in my brain is going to impact my gut too. So, you know, aside from walking, drinking water and all of those things that I could actually physically do, I really had to focus in on getting happy and thinking, you know, like, what can I actually do to feel good in this moment? And for me, exercise has been like my one consistent for years. Exercise is my natural antidepressant. So to have that removed from me because post-op I can't train was so freaking challenging for me. And it definitely got me down. Like it really, really got me down. Even though I could walk, it just wasn't the same. And just feeling so uncomfortable in my body, I kind of felt like after I'd had the kids and like my body just felt so foreign, like, because when you're pregnant, you, I don't know about if this is how everyone else feels that's been pregnant, but it's a gradual change. So, you know, you get used to it as you go along. And then after you have your baby or in my case, babies, it's an instant change. It's an instant shift. You know, I felt deflated in my stomach. Everything felt completely different and it was like recalibrating into my body and adjusting. And that's how I felt the past couple of weeks is that recalibration. And, you know, there's so many other things that are going on. It wasn't just that bloat and that discomfort in my gut. It's also the fact of wearing a compression bra 24 seven that's quite firm, that affects your shoulders, which affects your posture, which affects your back and your neck. And then that goes into your lower back. And before you know it, like your whole spine's out of alignment and you just are not feeling like your best self. And again, this isn't like a poor me, like, well, I'm going to complain about getting a boob job because I'm not, but it is just part of, well, I might, (laughs) and I have, Um, but it is just part of the recovery process that I think is worth people being aware of. You know, I still am sleeping on my back and I had a Pilates lesson today, which I'm hoping will help bring me back into some more physical alignment. And I was saying to the Pilates instructor, Sarah, that normally I sleep on my left, like curled over to the side. And after the operation, you have to sleep upright, which is why it is imperative to have the big boomerang pillow and then another small neck pillow. That's how I slept the first couple of nights was like really, really elevated. A couple of normal pillows, boomerang pillow, then the neck pillow, like, you know, the ones that you travel with on the aircrafts, Um, getting off track here. But so sleeping upright and on my back and now I'm still sleeping on my back in the boomerang pillow, but not as elevated, just on a normal boomerang pillow but I'm still not sleeping super comfortably because my comfortable sleep is on my side. And I, I just don't know whether I can actually lie on the side of my boob yet be my left boob. I don't want to sacrifice them until I get the all clear from my surgeon. So I'll wait and speak to him. Um, so yeah, that affects how you're feeling as well. You might feel like you have a neck ache, shoulder ache, headaches, just because if you don't normally sleep sitting up, then that's going to be a change as well to your everyday. And then your sleep quality is compromised as well, which impacts your overall health too. So there's so much more than just having the surgery done on the day. There's so much that, you know, happens afterwards. 
And just mentally, I guess, being prepared for those low moments of going, oh, was it worth it? You know, you might not have those moments, but I certainly did just because, yeah, I don't know. Like, and again, as I said, you know, a couple of minutes ago, full disclosure, I've been going through some tough stuff in my personal life. So having exercise taken away from me and feeling average and I guess not having someone to care for me has been tricky, you know, like just little things like opening lids on jars and stuff like that. It's, yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been nice to have someone caring for you. So that's just my life situation right now. Don't cry for me, Argentina. It's fine. I get Melissa to open my jars when she's here for work. I'll be like, Mel, before you go home, can you open that jar of pickles, please? Or that jar of salsa? Um, Just because you don't really realize how much you need to use your chest for certain things until you go to do it. So whether that's putting a load of washing in the dryer or taking the lid off a tight jar, walking the dog because you don't want the dog to pull too much on the leash, those sorts of things. Um, just be mindful of them in the in the weeks after surgery. I have been back at the gym since about week number four, I would say, and just going easy, just starting with walks on the treadmill, incline walks. I have been back on the stair mill now, which is amazing. And as I said, I'm six weeks now and just being mindful to not do anything that feels uncomfortable. I have only just started experimenting with lifting very, very lightweight. I'm talking like one kilo dumbbells or 1.5 kilogram dumbbells, dumbbells, <laughs> dumbbells, just like doing lateral raises and front raises just to see how I feel. Um, and I think that it's just really important to listen to your body. I was quite fit before the surgery, so I do feel as though I've had a good recovery in terms of my strength and my capability and also knowing my body and not pushing it too far, I certainly wouldn't recommend diving straight into a deep exercise regime. But yeah, just listening to your body and knowing your own limits is really important. But that's been instrumental for my own positivity, just being able to get into the gym, which is my happy space and have some endorphins. I cannot even tell you how much I'm enjoying that. And like anything in life, when something's taken away from you, it's like when you have a runny nose and you're like, oh man, all the times I could breathe without (laughs) having to blow my nose. Or when you have a cough and you just think, oh man, all the times I could talk without coughing. It's like that. Like you kind of need that contrast to appreciate the good time. So it's fine. Um, What else? I can also, I'm still in the compression bra. So I have to wear the compression bra 24 hours a day for eight weeks post-op. So I've got another two weeks of that, but I'm allowed to interchange the compression bra that One Cosmetics gave me. They gave me two, a black one and a white one, but I can also have time in my own maximum support crop tops. So like my Lorna Jane crops or my PE Nation sports crops, I've been wearing those for a couple of hours at a time during the day if I'm going to the gym. And that's nice as well because it just feels like, again, back to my normal self a bit, um, but I'm still supported. 
Then after the eight weeks is up, I will continue to sleep in the compression bra for a further four weeks because they recommend, yeah, 12 weeks at least of sleeping in the compression bra. And then I've also heard that a lot of people continue to sleep in it even after that 12-week mark just because you feel so supported in it. Um, Dr. Vessels did say for events, I can have a couple of hours bra-free, which I have done. I've had maybe two or three nights in the last six weeks where I've gone bra-free for like two hours, three hours at a time, but I take the compression bra in the car and I put it back on straight away because, you know, after a couple of hours, I'm ready for that bra back on. But it's definitely exciting to be able to try things on in my wardrobe that I've had and perhaps not been able to wear because of the bra situation or to even just look at purchasing different things. You know, like I've been able to buy a couple of lower cut bodysuits and I've always loved that look. Like I've always loved the look of a low cut bodysuit with jeans and heels, but I've never been able to wear that or like a backless dress or a backless top. So that is definitely the fun side of it. And now that I'm getting to this stage in my recovery and I'm starting to feel better, um, I am excited by that and I'm excited to try on swimmers and new bralettes and stuff of that nature. It's funny, so many people that I've, you know, just even people I've met in real life that I've said, oh, I just had a breast lift and reduction. You know, it just happened yesterday. I was saying it to a lady that works in a shop locally and she was like, no way, you didn't need that. You had great boobs and you just get so apt well, I had become so apt at hiding how my boobs actually were. So now it really is a new experience to be able to dress a bit differently, try different things on and see how they sit. I've also held off on trying on some things because I want that to be like a little exciting carrot to dangle in front of my face for the end of recovery at like 12 weeks. Okay, you can go shopping, try on some different swimwear options, that I've never been able to wear. So that is fun and exciting as well, but nothing is as exciting as when I take the compression bra off and I see my new boobs. I seriously, you know, I know, I don't know, it might be a a weird thing to say, but I just love them. (laughs) Probably not a weird thing to say when you spend money and time and effort and you commit to something like this, it's huge. And I just, I was scared. Like I said this in the other podcast episode, I said to my girlfriend, Kelly, before I went in to have my boobs done, like, what if I, what if I hate them? And she looked at me, she was like, there is no way you're going to ask for your old boobs back. Like there's just no way. Um, Brutal, brutal girlfriend, but true. I had um, some boob inspo pics, like one in particular that I was just like, oh, if they are anything close to that, I will be thrilled. And I have to say, Dr. Vessels has nailed it. He's done such a brilliant job. I could not be happier. And everyone who has seen the before and after photos, you know, because I'm quite happy to share them. The other day in the gym, I was talking to a lady. I don't even know her name, but she was saying, oh, I've not seen you here in a couple of weeks. And I said, oh, no, I had, you know, some time off. I'd had surgery. And she said, what sort of surgery? And then she'd revealed that she'd also had a breast lift like 20 years ago. And we were just talking about it. And I was like, do you want to see my before and after photos? Like, Hey, I don't know you, but let's just, you want to see my boobs? Um, but yeah, everyone who's seen the before and after photos can't believe that there's not an implant in there. He's done such an incredible job at shaping what was there. And he's just 
yeah, he's just he's just done such a good job um, because I really still wanted to have a gap in between my boobs, which isn't for everyone, but I like that really natural look. I also didn't want them insanely high. I didn't want to look like I had fake boobs, basically. I just prefer on my frame and for my age, just for me personally, um, yeah, more of a natural look, but he's just, he's nailed it. I cannot speak highly enough. And because I do speak about him so much, I've had so many people reach out on Instagram and say, you know, they're going to book in with him as well, or they're going to go for a consult, or would I show the before and afters? And when I was down having the tape removed and I gave Dr. Vessels a big hug because I'm just so happy with them, I'm sure he's like, okay, that's enough. Um, I said to him, look, after I've recovered, I would be totally open to jumping on his account and sharing before and afters in a way that's modest if he would like me to. Just, I don't know, I feel very grateful for everything he's done for me. And he was like, look, if that's something that you want to do, I'm sure the followers who are interested in it would really appreciate it. So that is something that I might do. I just have to do it in a way that I'm comfortable with doing it. But, you know, for me, anything that I put out there into the universe is all about making a difference. And I feel like someone seeing my before and afters will actually make a difference for them in having the confidence to do something for themselves. And, you know, I think we can spend so much money on cars and houses and all of those sorts of things, but really your body is your first home and it's your only home. Without your body, you have nowhere else to live. So I am all for budgeting and making, I guess, um, you know, just allowing yourself permission to prioritize those sorts of things. If that's something that you want to do, as long as it's coming from a place of self-love and not a place of self-hate, trying to be something completely different to what you are. You know, I think that we can have things done to ourselves from a place of love, or we can have things done to ourselves from a place of not feeling enough. And you just have to be aware of where you're coming from. So as long as you're feeling that it's something you want to do for yourself because you feel that you're worthy of it and not that you're unworthy, that's the difference. I hope that makes sense. But anyway, I will finish up now. So six weeks post-op, I will endeavor to record another episode as well. And maybe I'll take some questions, do a bit of a and a on the whole process, just so I can be sure that I'm really answering the things that those of you who are interested want to know. But anyway, thanks for sticking around. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, there is going to be a short 30 second ad to bring your attention towards an amazing charity and initiative. I really love this podcast and I love being able to connect with brands who sponsor episodes, but I also want to dedicate episodes to charities who aren't sponsoring it, who haven't asked necessarily um, for the airtime, but who deserve it. So please stay tuned for this short 30 second um, acknowledgement for what this amazing charity does. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk with you really, really soon. This next fact is devastating. In Australia, 950 children are diagnosed with cancer every year. 
Of course, these children get outstanding medical treatment, but families need counselling, accommodation and educational support services that aren't provided by the government. That's where we help and where your help really counts. The Childhood Cancer Association offers 30 free services to families in need. Please show your support by donating at childhoodcancer.asn.au. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 